0: Listening to the Writers' Forum. This edition is sponsored by the law firm of Alker & Rather LLC. I'm your host, Mike Tucson, and today I'll be speaking with author Nicholas Fillmore about his new novel, The Gospel of Satan. Nicholas is also the author of an indie reader Discovery Award-winning memoir titled Smuggler, and his poetry was a finalist for the Juniper Prize, and he is the co-founder and publisher of Squid Magazine. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Thank you, Mike. Nice to be here. Well, let, let's start with the idea. Where did the idea of uh, to do the gospel of Satan come from?
1: Interesting. I think that it was a long time in coming um, back in my days as an altar boy when I was just a kid, wondering at the uh, you know, the, the Christian mysteries and in my CCD class, arguing with my teachers. Um, uh, later on, um, reading uh, *Paradise Lost* in, in college, I, I really became interested in this question of, uh, you know, God justifying himself to man, man justifying himself to God, um, and it's just it's it's been in my background for years. I don't, I'm not really, and I am a I'm an apostate. Uh, you know, um, I I I don't really um, spend a lot of time, you know, praying or thinking about, you know, the, uh, these questions. But it's something that's sort of percolating. And as you know, from a humanist point of view, it's very interesting to me this idea about, uh, you know, free will and um, reconciling ourselves. And, and it's just a very a really compelling story. You know, having uh, been through a a um, a uh, crime and punishment um uh situation myself I think maybe that uh that uh, uh the devil's um position wanting to wanting to justify himself wanting to tell his story um is something that that uh that I experienced personally too so I think there's something there as well
0: but it's a fascinating read, and it's it's enlightening in some ways too. Before we talk about the specifics, though, let me ask you this: you know, we live in a polarizing time, right? Yeah. I wondered if, in coming up even with the title of the book, if you had any concerns about, you know, getting hate mail or being canceled or whatever else.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I do. Um, I, uh, I, the, 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 uh, the, the title too sounds a little lurid, you know, Satan. Um, you know there's there, it just it, it has uh, all these connotations so you know um but uh and i think that there's certain people for whom the gospels are you know they, there's no other way to read it than in the traditional um you know in, in the traditional way and i've i have even in, in my my few social media forays gotten a few little um little you know red face uh you know, in Facebook, a little sort of angry responses. And, and I, you know, I haven't, I did not set out in any way to um, uh, to be um, irreverent or sacrilegious. You know, I am trying to, you know, to read this story. Um, but, you know, in the end, of course, I, you know, I, I think that all um, humor is epistemological, that there's always, you're always trying to arrive at some sort of, you know, truth, um, and yeah, there is that worry that, you know, people are going to read this, but it's not it's you know, then it's not written for them if you're not if you're just incapable of like, right. rereading right. or questioning uh, religion. If it is, you know, gospel, then there's nothing to, to you know, for that sort of reason. Well,
0: well, let me ask you this. So in, in reading the book, which, again, I really enjoyed, I had to ask what religious or biblical research did you do in order to construct the book?
1: Um, you know, I don't think that I, you know, I, I, I read, you know, sections of the gospels. I didn't do like a whole, you know, sale rereading of the Bible. I think I might've reread Sermon on the Mount. Um, I think that I just, these are just stories that I grew up with and I'm, you know, remembering them,
0: you know, since from that memory. Yeah. All right. Well, let me ask you this. You may be familiar with this author. Jack Miles has written a biography of God. He wrote a biography of Jesus in which he relied on the Bible and commentaries and things like that in order to construct his character. I'm wondering what you relied upon uh, to construct the character of, or the personality, I guess I should say, of Satan.
1: Hmm, Interesting. Um, You know, I did did reread a little bit of... um you know Milton and of course his his you know Satan is very magnificent and vainglorious and um my own uh I don't know how I arrived at this um you know uh this fellow who's more um oh uh you know humorous uh the the uh it was rather intuitive uh, you know I thought well he's this sort of urbane and witty character, and not wholly unsympathetic um, that he's not this you know hor- horrific character and and that that voice just sort of popped into my head. I don't think that I really had
0: a uh, um, a model for him okay, all right well, let me ask you in, in that reference, okay, one of the things that I thought was interesting, and maybe this was how you intended it initially, is that in the book. Satan is basically the traveling companion of Jesus, yeah. And but he speaks in the first person. Where did that idea come from? Because most of the time when we see Satan or the devil as a character somewhere, he's ref, he's referred to, but he's not he's not the principal character speaking.
1: Yeah, um, as I, I suppose, um, you know that I that I, I think that I really before it became a retelling of the gospel i had landed on the idea that i wanted um satan to be as uh, to be narrating and to be telling his story to try to be you know rehabilitating himself that was my the initial premise and um right in and early on in the story of course he meets a mortal um, that uh you know bargains for his soul um and as part of that bargain as a down payment this, agrees to tell the story of of uh, Jesus Christ, you know, to retell the Gospels. And that's just the direction that the story took off in. And I followed um, that was, you know, a bit of the writer, um, or, you know, deciding what he has to say in the process of saying it. And at that point, I really knew where, where I was headed. Not, not a difficult story um, because, well, the difficulty lay in um, how to arrive at this predestined ending um but ideally by some logic uh you know some alternate logic that that you know uh, basically satan and jesus christ are both aggrieved that they um they feel they've been deprived of free will you know the devil's uh, ontological dependence on god everything he does is it turns to god's greater glory and, and of course uh, jesus christ is everything is this you know, everything he does is a miracle it's it's kind of funny you know he brings some wine to a to a party and everyone's like look jesus turned the water into wine he's like no i just you know i just brought some wine and
0: um followed <laughs> yeah. this logic yeah. well let me ask you this so even though you did glance at the Bible or the gospel, go back and read some, you also cover what, what I think John Prine calls the missing years of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I have to ask, because it was v- very well done. Are you familiar with John Prine's song, "The Jesus, the missing years?
1: Oh, no, I'm not. I know Prine, but I don't know that.
0: All right. Well, you got to pull it up because. Okay. If, yeah. 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 I'm taking notes. <laughs> your section, your section on the missing years was very entertaining and made me think uh-huh. about that. What did you do to come up with uh, what Jesus does during the missing years? And for folks that may not be familiar, you know, Jesus in the Gospel shows up at a certain age, but yeah. we don't happen to him before that.
1: That's the huge mystery, right? We know we see him when he's 13, and then when he's 33, and what happens in the middle? And of course, there are all sorts of theories that he um you know went to india and and learned buddhism and and how to and how to um meditate and so forth and uh i um you know conceived of him as as uh as as uh initially and there is biblical precedence for this that he's just a roughneck you know that um he's he's uh he's a teenager you know typically trying to you know break from parental authority and um and and uh He's a bit of a radical you know he's he uh he, he doesn't like um uh you know money and and, and labor and all the you know the, just the way the world is constructed and uh i followed that um you know that uh in that intuition
0: all right well in this in this gospel in, in the book i should say you cover many of the events that Christians would be familiar with. The temptation is right. sermon on the Mount, etc. But you have, it seemed to me, you've stripped them of any supernatural explanation. Is that yeah. how Satan sees them? Your character, Satan.
1: Um, I, I think that in this case, uh, that's how Satan sees it. But he's also reporting pretty f- fairly. He's not an unreliable narrator. And that was a difficulty how to, like, present this this um you know classical liar as a as a reliable narrator and and uh, that that you know Satan's reporting the truth you know uh, there there are sort of the fact that he's speaking at all is supernatural and there is that paradox which I just sort of let let lay there in the book that's interesting you know here is the supernatural character saying well there is no you know supernatural um, you know afterlife uh... Even though he, he he's a product of that, um, but uh, he you know that's the way Satan sees it, and that's and and that's the way we're supposed to see it, and we're supposed to believe that that you know um, uh, that uh, um, oh gosh you know that people die and they and then that's it they don't come back right. from the dead right. Jesus doesn't raise them from the dead
0: yeah well in the book um, if I'm not if I'm reading it correctly. God doesn't think too much, excuse me, Jesus doesn't think too much of God. You know, God's right, walking right. around saying, you know, he loves all things as himself, seems a little bit self-centered. Yeah. Was that intentional that you gave that, uh, that perspective to him?
1: Yeah, it was um, that that line, um, you know, I, 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 I wanted, uh, you know, God to be self-centered, that all things, you know, that he's just this, you know, maniac of creation, that everything is sort of flows from his point of view. Um, but when I said that, you know, all things as himself, that line just sort of popped into my head. And um, and that sort of echoed, you know, like mm-hmm. Satan
0: and, and Jesus are both make, make fun of God afterwards. Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah.
0: That worked happily. One of the things that I thought was really unique, but really worked well, was you play kind of with the space time paradigm a lot. Yeah. yeah. For example, you know, Jesus refers to Bill Gates or the, yeah. dev- the devil blocks Mary Magdalene <laughs> on his phone. Did you start off knowing you would do that or did that evolve as you wrote?
1: That evolved as I wrote. I didn't know I was going to do that. I had um, one editor that I hired who really didn't like these kind of anachronisms. He felt that the story stood well enough on its own. And I just I you know, I really can't explain those um Moments, other than to say one that they possibly um, make, the, you know, they just underline the idea that this story is relevant in our in our lives. That it's not just this, um, you know, ancient tale that we can sort of look at it from a modern perspective. And the thing they struck me as funny, you know, and she said anything that's funny seems worth keeping around. Maybe it's just you know, uh, you know, maybe like the altar boy tinkling a bell during the consecration in the mass, maybe these moments are meant, are meant. Uh, uh, you know, it's the unconscious saying, hey, pay attention here. I, I really haven't unraveled that, but I I like it, and it seems right. It's, um, you know, that little bit of magical realism, I guess. Yeah,
0: um, well, it, some of it was humorous, but I also wondered if, and tell me if I'm reading too much into this, the way that I, after I got past the humor of it, the way that I thought of the blurring of the timeline was, as a suggestion that the devil or Satan and Jesus live both in the past and the present, and so sure, there's a sure. way to bring that up, right? Yeah,
1: um, that that's uh, that's right. You know, and I and I and, so, and I, as I say, so a lot of this isn't intentional. I just I know that it's the you know the uh, the unconscious intelligence organizing things for a reason, and that seems that seems very reasonable to me. I know that there are times where I said. You know the the devil's in in love with Mary Magdalene, right? And he he can't forget this, and he remarks, you know, you know that you know. Well, I'm the devil who sees all time forward and back. You know, I, I that's just, you know I'm, I'm burdened in this way. So there is an intention to say that these characters are you know in, in our present. Yeah, lives. Yeah.
0: yeah, Now you have an apostle in the uh, book yeah. that I'm unfamiliar with, Barb. Uh, Barbara. Yeah. Barbara. Yeah. Where does Barbara come from?
1: Um. You know, it's, it's, um, she just, she just seemed right. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I try to like, um, put some scenes that are, you know, tr- traditional biblical scenes and tried to do some things to suggest that the, um, even this, you know, this story, despite all the, you know, Pauline constructions, that, that there's basic facts that are overlooked. And here's, this seemed like a convenient fact for the, you Know, patriarchal writer to overlook is that there's this very important, uh, you know, female character. I didn't, I I, I don't know if she is in some ways in Erezat's mother Mary. I her, I didn't want to draw her character, it just seemed, um, to do so. She, um, you know, that this is more of a Monty Python esque, you know attempt here and I don't and I just didn't know how to draw her character exactly Mary Magdalene yes and this character Barbara who has her own her own gravity but it's not the holy mother um, uh, seemed just right and necessary to the story a little bit otherwise it's just so much a fraternity
0: yeah well it it does lend some balance to the to the patriarchal part of it so what is what is in the book, what is Satan's philosophy of man
1: um you know well he he, he, uh, he um is not he hm he's not really a humanist he doesn't really care um nor is he uh you know some unregenerate evil force he just does he's almost like a Greek god, just a force of nature out you know in it for himself uh and part of that is is um, bargaining for human souls, but um, not that he even gets anything out of that. He says very early on, um, you know, when when human, when it's human is mortal, is uh, bargaining his soul for fame. He says one confabulation after another. You know, it's all it's all a fugazi. You know, um, but I won't tell a man that because that would take all the fun out of it. He, you know, he's in it for fun. However, in the course of the story, I think his his arc. Um, he's touched by, in particular, a scene with with um, and which I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen this, and I don't think that you get it in the Gospels. Although there's reference to um, to uh, people that are uh, afflicted um, by, uh, um, I'm forgetting the name of the disease, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and he's he's rather touched when they, you know, they climb and, and they and they go uh, uh, and. Uh, the, with the lepers, um, and and uh, he really bonds with these fellows. They're you know they're bumming cigarettes off. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't had a cigarette in forever, and and uh, and, and and in the long run, um, and there's a moment in the story when, uh, you know he he ultimately pushes Jesus back onto the his into onto his path, um, in spite of you know c- contrary to the, con- the uh, conventional wisdom that that he's trying to tempt. Uh, jesus away from the cross he actually he winds up pushing him shoving him
0: back onto that onto that path and uh um well but you know whatever he thinks of humans i i come yeah. away obviously with the impression that satan loves jesus right he loves jesus he
1: does he, he, he loves him deeply they're yeah they're they're best friends uh and and there's a profound you know platonic uh relationship there and it you know it, it really hurts him badly that you know that jesus has to like suffer this end but that you know that's their fate and, and uh, he has to do so there's a moment where you know jesus where satan has his, his own temptation at passover he's like i could just you know shoot jesus now and foil god's you know master plan here all over again um but he has this moment where he um has this profound sympathy for for Jesus and what he's trying to do and his faith that he's struggling with?
0: Yeah, and Jesus uh, seems to reciprocate the feelings uh, to Satan.
1: Yeah, um, they really they 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 uh, really understand one
0: another. Sure. Yeah, it's like that's, a but, it's like a buddy flick to some degree, you know. Yeah, the, it's, it's a, yeah
1: yeah yeah. It's a, um, it certainly is. Yeah.
0: And at the end. I thought this was interesting, especially what you did with it. Satan actually offers to switch places mm. with Jesus mm. at the end. But Jesus declines and points out a very interesting flaw in Satan's offer. Talk to me about that. What does he say? Um, uh... He's incapable of action. He only acts for- Oh.
1: Right, right. That that uh, that um, really Satan is that is just watching everything that he's able to tempt a human here or there. But he's sort of stripped of his supernatural powers in this realm, and and uh, and and, and, that, um, and Jesus pointing that out leads Satan to say, you know, it's it's so and so is God that, that he's really another mortal in this play he he god himself doesn't know where he comes from despite his this you know this idea that he's all knowing and all powerful that we're all really characters in this play uh, i i enjoyed I, that you way know, that was not some theology that i
0: that i had just an idea that i arrived at in the writing well- You know, it was interesting. First of all, the fact that he offers to take his place kind of solidifies the bond between them, you know. But then I had not thought of that angle that, you know, Jesus says, well, you you can't you're not capable of action. You have to act through somebody else. Yeah. There's the flaw in the plan. Thought that was very clever. All right. So let me ask you this from a a larger point, philosophical or theological. um, What what theological or philosophical point are you trying to make uh, with the gospel of Satan? Or is you know, it just I, whoever reads it? Yeah,
1: I didn't set out to make this point, but I, I believe the book makes this point that um, despite the tr- conventional you know, Pauline wisdom, this, this uh, way we're taught to read the Bible, that, um, that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to redeem man's sins, Really, um, what happens in the end is that um, that, uh, in a sense, uh, Jesus uh, redeems God for man because um, Jesus is able in this story to sort of recover his own self, uh, you know, his own, um, it becomes sort of self-directed he's not just a, a victim of his, a pawn of his, of his fate, but he really arrives at this decision to, um, allow himself to be crucified. Um, uh, to, not to redeem in, in a sense. He's in this case, he's not redeeming men. He's really redeeming, um, God, uh, yeah. you know, um, be, because, uh, it's only the only way we reconcile, uh, this idea of, uh, of you know human suffering is because it, you know we only understand human suffering because it comes about through our free will deprived of free will then really god is, is rather sadistical. and it's um and reaffirming uh, you know human's free will um you know jesus is, comes along to really uh justify god to man rather than the reverse that's the, the yeah, the, yeah the that, that's it that,
0: comes out. That's interesting. Well, let me end with this question, and and it's going to be really interesting considering your topic here. Quite often, authors of fiction will say to me that uh, they learn a lot about themselves by investing themselves in a character and then placing that character in a situation that they have to work through. So it's kind of self-reflective. Did you have a similar experience in creating your character of Satan and your character of Jesus and then investing yourself in those characters,
1: possibly you know if um, if those are um, uh, if those two characters are parts of oneself. There's the wayward, um, you know, s- satanic part of one's nature, and there's the you know the lovely Jesus part. And um, uh, you know, there. I I, I suppose it's um, you know submitting um, submitting that part of your uh you know and, and i everyone every you know it's the social contract every human being has to um relinquish some part of that their, their themselves that would just willy-nilly pursue um self-interest and in, in, for the greater good and 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 uh we you know i think we struggle with that in, in small ways all the time um not in some grandiose way but just in you know in, in the context of your your family or your um, job or your community, once always um, sort of sacrificing
0: uh, some desire for the the greater interest, and in, you know maybe in some simplistic but way. Did you, did you learn anything about yourself and creating these characters and working through it that you mm-hmm. didn't say that you didn't know or hadn't you, you hadn't realized?
1: That's a good question, and I'm not sure. Um, you so, know, I, yeah, I I, uh, I felt like I was equally invested in each character, and there's this interesting role reversal before you know they come back around to um, their conventional, uh, you know, identities. And I, I I I don't know what I learned about myself.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I would say, uh, very as a superficial reading, but for me, the softening of both characters. In other words, removing them from the supernatural, the softening, makes them much more enticing, uh, much more interesting. And I, I'm not religious, but makes me more inclined to wonder about some of those things. So that's, yeah. that's the effect it had for me.
1: That's, that's, a, nice, that's a nice way of, uh, of, of expressing that. There is a softening um, and, and uh, a sort of a letting go of um, that obdurate part of yourself that identifies with some position and must have some position, and, and that maybe speaks a little bit to the sort of, you know, you mentioned earlier the you know, the, the culture wars that are happening, and one doesn't have to be a culture warrior. There are moments when you, one has to step into the breach, and other moments where it's possible um, to simply be, you know, have some sympathy for your fellows and
0: not always be on guard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Nick, that's all the time we have for today. Um, You've been listening to the Writer's Forum, and I've been speaking to author Nicholas Fillmore about his very interesting new book, The Gospel of Satan. Nick, is there a website or social media spot that folks can go to in order to learn more about you or about the book?
1: Sure. Um, You can go to nicholasfillmore.com to find any of my books and and, uh, some thoughts in the books and social media links and sort of everything I've been able to say about myself. is packed into that. Okay. Well, listen, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much. That was really a lot of fun and thought-provoking and, and learning experience.
0: This edition of the Writer's Forum has been brought to you by the law firm of Alker and Rather LLC. Tune in next week, Tuesday at 4 p.m. or Wednesday morning at 5.30 a.m. to hear the next segment of the show.